So guys, welcome to the first episode or first live stream that I'm hosting on Instagram. Uh, it'll be available on Facebook and YouTube as well. So today we will be talking about, uh, we'll rather be asking the question of whether or not our schools are divided based on race and gender. And if so, how do we deal with it? So today we have Duhan with us. Duhan is in fact the youngest to complete PSE and SEMA. And he's currently working as a consultant uh, in a leading strategic consulting firm. And so... He's accomplished a lot at such a young age and is a valuable member of our youth. And he's also uh, a, a regular star of uh, Charan TV Sita program, the prime t- uh, primetime television program. And so, Tuhan, tell us, how do you feel about this topic? And do you really think it's important, uh, status quo? Yes. Hi, Atif. Thanks a lot for having me and thanks a lot for your invite. So like you very correctly said, I do believe it is a very important topic because I was exposed to a lot of experiences about 2,500 to 2,000 people in the last six years while I was doing so these two plus another LLB plus I was working like four industries, computer science, media, consulting and uh, higher education. So I met a lot of people and what I saw was that uh, there is a bit of racism. Maybe they are doing it unknowingly, but there is and we need to tackle this issue so that uh, we can fo- we can more focus on bigger macroeconomic issues that the country really need to focus on the issues that developed countries are focusing on and uh, if you if you wondering so if you want if the viewers are wondering i know my background doesn't uh, fit this kind of issues then i realized was that an artist invited me you see there are people who are gender special gender study specialists religious leaders but while they are specialized in it things like gender issues like related to religion those are things that everyone should have a life skill on. It's like driving. There are Formula One drivers, but everyone should have that skill. So this is why I want to talk about it, Zati. And I'm really grateful for be here to be here. And I look forward to having a great conversation with you and uh, come up with a few solutions. Thank as you, well. Rohan. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for coming out to this show. It's actually you're a valuable member of our society. And uh, thank you for being the first guest here as well. So, Tuhan, let's get started with the questions. So, Tuhan, uh, let's talk about history. In Sri Lankan, uh, in our Sri Lankan education system, history is quite an important aspect, right? But a lot of the claims is that despite the fact that our history is, you know, very rich, uh, it, it has a lot of, lot of cultures, you know, we're very famous around the world for our history specifically. But our history doesn't include only one side of the story. It talks about other aspects too. And so a lot of the liberal media, the liberal media tells us that our history is whitewashed and it, it just gives a single story of a single community. What do you have to say about this? Do you think that that sort of uh, that sort of distinction exists? And if it does, do you think it would be better if we, you know, at least uh, give one chapter per textbook for the other communities? Okay, so I went to a government school. I went to Nalanda, Nalanda Vidyale, which I'm definitely proud about. And uh, so we, it was compulsory for us to learn history. And in that say, I didn't see any uh, discrimination per se in what they were saying, because I remember I learned everything from uh, all the religious leaders of all the religions fighting for fighting against the British Empire. To a, it, it was, there was no issue in terms of the more contemporary topics, I would say. But in terms of the history of like 2500, what I see was that, uh, of course, the Sinhalese has given a more I would say more number of pages in terms of the history book for yeah. the in the in the history book, but uh, I won't say that is unfair. Let me explain why because they have been like two thousand five hundred, so the history of course the content would be longer. 
but that doesn't mean that just because there are less number of pages for the religion to let is okay for any other religion to discriminate them because it is at the present we all are here together and now we are Sri Lankans regardless of how many years we have been here. Yeah. So exactly. I don't I don't I don't think there's any reason why uh, I mean history book of course history is always uh, would I would say the narrative is always biased in history not just Sri Lanka all over the world. Exactly. But uh, history book per se I don't think issue but I think the issue is in execution because when you study history when I when I, I went to Nalanda so Sinhala people. I mean, Sinhalese, we are only learning about the history of our people because the community is only Sri Lanka, Sinhalese there. And probably in a, in a Muslim school, the community is there only Muslim. So they are only focused on their history. Instead, if the problem is in not being together, like international schools where everyone is together, I don't think there's, there's an issue in the book per se, but the issue is in the execution of not all of us are staying together while we are studying that. Exactly. So yeah, yeah I do agree with you, you know, definitely significant amount of the pages or content or the syllabus has to be given for the Sinhalese history because you know obviously it's much more broader much more wider uh, but this is just claims you know what people have to say about how racism stems from school so let's talk about something else compulsory learning of religion now if you see compulsory learning of religion we see that uh, in schools like Zahira College they uh, make it Islam and in your school I suppose it must be Buddhism Yes, and other schools so. that are have are, are in the based off a certain uh, religious entity, they base it off of the said religion. So my question to you is: Should we keep it that way? I mean, obviously we know in Sri Lanka we have Dhamma schools, <coughs> madrasas, places where the students can go into depth about their particular religion. Yes, but a school allows us to learn about all religions, which allows us for better understanding. So do you think we need to have a bit more of an incorporated? aspect uh, a one country one syllabus set up or have it individual what are the perks and benefits of keeping it the current method sure i think that is a big no-no for keeping it individually separately and i think it should be a much integrated syllabus but uh, it should be done in a more i would say strategic way so if you take content from different religions and put it together to one book that won't make any sense because the terminologies are different the words are different the languages they are written in is different so instead what you could do is uh, like for an example so i can speak to buddhism the buddhism book only except for those jata kata we have the it's, it's mostly based on principles of buddha's life about uh, the question that we get is what can you look at the siddhartha bring siddhartha's life and use it for leadership so if you could have one kind of a book that talks about take the principles out of all the religions because what i see so i have been associating a lot of people from different religions in the last five years and what i see is the principles of each and every religion it's same just that the manifestation is different so if you could take all the principles and put it to a one book and just give a heads up on different religions as a one religious book that would have been much better because if you want to teach the religion to a kid of their parents then they can send you like like, like what you correct, very correctly said to Lama school or different places or get it from the family itself than rather than taking in a school so it would be more inclusive that way yeah exactly I agree with you uh, I know that for a fact that Buddhism is quite philosophical uh, in their approach but I think despite Islam being mainly based off because I speak for Islam because that's what I am aware of uh, yes. despite yes. Uh, it having a lot of Arabic text I can assure you that it could be translated, a lot of it can be translated, you can take the most important messages out of it. So, yeah, I do agree exactly. with you, that is a good approach for us. 
um so like if i take an example yeah. machang say in buddhism you say don't kill animals the first percept and even in islam it says the same thing but in a different manifestation like uh, exactly. beyond a so exactly so it's just the manifestation is different principles are same kill innocent uh, animals unnecessarily you know exactly so yeah so next question to you is um do schools today have racism i mean you of course you've been in one of the a very popular government school as well so you would know i mean for me currently the school that i go to i don't see a shed of it because it's very incorporated uh, we have folks coming from multiple nations in fact so that has never been a problem but a school that has been named for a certain community society do you think that the environment in your school is uh, toxic in terms of racism and do teachers have a big contribution to that it's actually a good question that came into us from uh, akilaya so yeah that's a really good question and i think that is the elephant in the room as well <laughs> yeah. so i think uh, sri lanka i wouldn't say people so this is yes and no both for first part do we have racism in sri lanka in the schools i think uh, people are doing it unknowingly so for an example you take a single only school or muslim only school since there is only that type of community in that school it is just a human nature to get that us versus them mentality so with that people are getting bred bred that uh, racism culture they're not doing it out of uh, they're not like consciously thinking and doing that but people are doing that and i have seen firsthand how uh, people in people are competing to other can exactly. make that they want to discriminate exactly. but just that the yeah. environment but uh, from my experience per se like i was in a community school in oman which is a sri lankan community school but still a community school uh, okay. i personally did face a lot of racism from my side and why okay. i say that is because a lot of people would you know it, even if i messed up at the basketball court no matter what happened they would blame it on religion right they would bring religion into okay. it it's an international school yet i was called uh, names that i should have been called so i think that you yes. know but this was not at all junctures we have a few people who few perpetrators of such you know crimes uh exactly. it's just those people who we need to identify you know the bullies i would say uh the pe- yes. people who the parents influence them you know i say all children are innocent it's just when you grow up you influence the wrong way so that's a that's actually a very good question that we had are schools racist yes and if i can add on just one more line to that the issue comes in so when there are say when you go to the community after being in a only one uh, one race group school so you are more comfortable with dealing with people in the same region mm. or same race because you don't know anything about other people yeah. so when you are bred like that when you go to the community i mean they're not discriminating per se because that person is from a different region they're just more comfortable with working with same people so i think that is the mentality that we need to address and to try to integrate in a more uh, strategic way which will get to the end of in the end of this discussion but i think in terms of integrating communities within schools it's definitely going to be difficult now if you go to very uh, difficult dikamadulla you see that uh, the students there primarily are muslims you go down south they primarily are uh, singhala buddhists so you can't expect them to understand the ways of the others unless if it's brought through education unless it's, if it's brought through things like you know now that we have a lot of technology virtual calling between schools you see that happening between schools in india and pakistan there are opportunities open to us we just need to capitalize on them yes yes and i will get back to solutions at the end so what we can do about it yeah so uh let's move on and talk about 
you know the other elephant in the room why are schools okay. being divided <laughs> between girls and boys so tell me uh where you are with the boys of course there's no issue i mean you can do whatever you want it's just fun happening mm. then i went to the british council for the first time when i was in grade 7 and uh, so it since sri lanka there are only girls school girl only school as well and international school people did not really want to learn english per se yeah. uh, was, there was there were people from girls only schools and boys only schools and none of them talk to each other they don't even sit with each other and that's such a miserable place to be in because that also affects your confidence in the long run and when you actually start i mean british council okay if you lost a team activity that just stops there and when you actually go to the university or in a work activity when you can't collaborate effectively with someone and can't bond well and vibe well it costs to yourself your career and even the economy in general so i think that is such a bad mistake that we have done and quoting mahatma gandhi again religions as well as gender should live together to understand one another I I totally get that but I think no I understand why schools should not be divided uh for me personally I would I I am comfortable talking to any girl right because I I've never been in a boy school alone so I've always understood the other side of the story been able to have communications and even things like consent you know I is a very confusing topic but when you have more conversations you're more comfortable to understanding what it is and you know uh you have cousins and friends who go to boys only schools and you see them you know like struggling to even ask what's the time uh i understand that but yes. <laughs> let's talk about why this might have been implemented i mean i mean obviously people would have implemented it for some reason not like they do things blindly uh when it comes to race obviously there was a, a significant reason for politicizing it but at the time when it was implemented the feminism movement wasn't really up so and and it still isn't as big of a thing in sri lanka you know you still see male dominance in a lot of aspects so i don't think there would have been a, a, a political reason so let's talk about practical reasons i think a lot of parents have problems with you know premarital relationships you know and that's kind of a reason why they don't want a uh, mixed schools because you know to reduce the possibility of it but his my thing if you are in a school that you know have kids together but also teaches kids about the importance of responsibility uh, you put all kids together you know you know there's something going to happen but if you teach the kids about responsibility and you know uh talk talk them into explaining you know why if you're a guy and a male and female talks to each other and if our teachers don't stereotype it and say okay you are in a relationship and they understand that it's just friendship i think we the yeah. kids specifically would be like you know this is my friend So I understand the side of the other other side of the spectrum. Let's just see how it works, uh, and and you can they can implement that sort of knowledge in the future, right? It it helps a lot, especially having dialogues from both sides. It would definitely drop our abuse cases a lot. Number of abuse cases would drop significantly when there's better dialogue. Don't you think so? Exactly. I definitely believe in that, and I don't. I mean, maybe there's a practical reason about uh, age constraint. constraints and safety reasons but being in a school is more secure than see when i was in nalanda there were so many girls school around us 
and and you know so they were like i think seven nine ten schools around that so them being in a school is a much more safe environment than being outside so i don't think any it make any sense anymore to be like that being divided by gender and of course when you're together you get to that uh, you know male people i don't know it's it's unfair to stereotype but we are i think more aggressive in terms of what you want to do and being together helps us to understand and also be more i think more complete humans because i remember this one story from a board meeting one of my search yeah so apparently there were three gents and one lady and the gents wanted to fire this particular person and lady wanted to find out why that person did this thing and they apparently had a issue with the family so they wanted the money and also if it hadn't been for that person if there wouldn't been that dialogue that person the entire life would have been destroyed so i think this inclusivity of gender is one important thing that we need to address as soon as possible i think exactly and and i think uh if we are to move towards a more integrated society where we uh, focus on providing opportunities like see i this is going to move towards a bit of the capitalistic socialistic argument because you know of course you say women feminism economies all uh, connected to each other so i am somebody who believes in if you give everybody the equal opportunity there is no need to give them equal uh, for equality uh, in terms of you know yeah. what they get you give them the opportunity you give them the bat and the ball you see how well, hard they practice and how hard they strike you know you can't expect everyone to score six no so if we are to yeah. do that if we are to you know create better dialogue uh, give equal opportunities and things like stem education there's still the issue of stem education if we guide both students towards the path you know like you know you can go this way you can go that way i think the the needs for feminism would be eliminated i'm not saying feminism is bad but the whole purpose of feminism was to, so that at some point feminism would be eliminated such that equality will be gained so our target is to eliminate feminism and that is to uh, and that and the, the way we do it is through achieving better equality yes so true i mean feminism is the voicing of voicing out the issues i mean real feminism not those posh people trying to say stuff on instagram yeah. but uh, not real feminism is to <laughs> and uh, the goal for real feminism is to give more opportunities and uh, when 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 you give opportunities based on merit or based on based on talent people would uh, of course find their find their own path so i mean eliminating feminism sounds a bit harsh but the goal is to remove the opportunity for a remove the problem in a way that cause for the feminism no but the so purpose of the, issue so the purpose of feminism is at some point to make it useless get it because if it's useless that means there is <laughs> equality in the society there is no need for anybody to fight for equality you know do you already exactly. have so it? solve the issue solve the issue in a way that there's no need for feminism exactly so to the end goal is to eradicate uh, the issue of disparity and in the yeah. efforts of eradicating disparity you also eradicate the reason for a feminism movement to exist yeah true that <laughs> but need to be sure what feminism means feminism is about uh, what most people don't get is you know when i say feminism is like removing all the gent members of a community community or a committee and put all the ladies that's not feminism feminism that's positive discrimination is which is also still discrimination that is discrimination actually the goal of feminism <laughs> is to uh, give people the opportunity if they have the merit if they have the merit just give it to the same person if they would have had they given it to a gent give it to a lady that is the essence of feminism exactly and i think now that we've slightly on the topic of positive discrimination let's go spend like 
five minutes there. So I think positive discrimination mm-hmm. is bad because see, you know, if you say a company has to have a five percent quota of women compulsorily, a lot of companies do have that. If that was the case, the probability of uh, or five percent of women at hierarchy positions, uh, it would you can see the owners of companies, people like CEOs and all, sending in their people, people that they know, you know, influencing that position rather than giving it to the best women out there. And so what we see happening is women going into the position who are unfit, and ultimately the blame comes out saying that women are not fit at all. So rather yes, than giving the so best true. out of them, so we true. give the worst out of them. <laughs> yes, that is so true, and uh, I think what you said is perfectly right. The quotas and those percentages of getting women, or even other cultures per se, is actually a lousy effort to show that they are being gender inclusive. Mm. Instead, but most of the companies that I applied to and I worked with, yeah. they are having more uh, holistic policies where they don't care. But I mean, they sometimes ask you not to send in your gender, religion, your age even. Mm. So they only look at what you are, what you have done, and hire based on that. So eventually, when you do like that, the sample would be in a way it would be equally distributed rather than trying to, uh, rather than trying to force a percentage, trying to uh, trying to look gender inclusive instead of actually trying to be inclusive. That's true. That's true. So I think we have actually addressed most of the issues that we've had in terms of you know boys and girls, different schools, different races, and I I really think. In terms of our society, especially what you have in Colombo, compared to other rural aspects, you see that we are we have come a lot forward. But in terms of yes, and and I'm very sure a man a man versus woman issue would not erupt a big you know a fire in our nation because you know as fifty percent fifty percent you don't there's no majority minority there. But I think the race issue is very important as of today, seeing as though internationally yes. as well you know seeing what happens in France. You know the actions of few perpetrators have put a lot of people in jeopardy. I think it's important that we explain to other communities what the others are thinking of. Better dialogue, in fact, and I think that you know the women in our society, even things like gender, uh, pay gap is it still you know stems from uh the school. I think you know you see to boys' school as a high probability. Teachers will say, "Akuta, why don't you go with uh math stream?" Yeah, and then you see with the girls, they say commerce stream, mehema. They they just tell the students what to do, you know. And you know, you nobody's know, yes. forcing them, but it's just that culture that we have. So that would and I think that uh, if I if I and ultimately such that you know we cannot blame gender gaps based on discrimination. Yes, and if I just say why teachers say that, I mean it's unfair to say that to teachers because they are probably doing it in a really good intention. Because I mean exactly. most of the teachers I have said except for like one person. But the thing is, teacher is also someone. I mean, if I say it in a very delicate way, teacher is also someone who tried to be an engineer and couldn't. And why they are a teacher most of the time? I mean, nobody studied. A lot of teachers yeah. I spoke to, they never studied to be a teacher and become a teacher. So it's unfair. Trying to tell that you know they are doing it in a wrong way or trying no, to blame no, they're them. They're definitely they're doing not doing it in the wrong way. I mean, if you see why a lot of but, teachers uh, say ask girls not to do, uh, go into things like engineering is because of the practical aspect. You know, you got to work night and then yes. in a country where Sri Lanka where you know safety is always an issue, they'll be like ah, do a MLB yes. or you know you'll have problems definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, we've talked about the issue, and a lot of people talk about the issue. But I think what's important is we get to the point. How do we fix the issue? Yes. This is exactly why I wanted you in here because I know that 
when it comes to solution, you're one of the best people to seek advice from. So let's start with race. <laughs> let's go to Han. What do you have to say? Sure. Sure. I think I can. I The solutions, so I, when you invited me for this, I took about a day and I thought about like an evening and how we could integrate. And I came up with this integrate, integrated uh, inclusive framework that we could look in. So that's what I call it. Uh, so we are both gender and race could be uh, addressed by them. So if you try to take, if you try to try to be inclusive and try to recruit students for grade one from both genders and all the races, that would be a huge mess because people in old, old ages, they would definitely discriminate them and like perpetrators, the few people would purposefully hit, like build a fight and try to fail the entire system. So that doesn't work. But instead, it should be in a more holistic approach for, in an in ongoing way. So we have an example, I say, take a school where there are Buddhist schools, Muslim schools, uh, in this Hindu schools, Christian schools and all our genders. So what they could do is integrate all of them in each and every A, each and every grade. In a way, all of them learn together. But then comes the issue, what happened to your friends? Because you are building, you are staying with those friends for years and there would be a big issue of them not meeting friends and there would be a huge cultural shift. So what you could do is have that in a way where, for example, A school is Buddhist and B school is Muslim. You integrate them in all their grades. So half of them study in one school in one week and other half school in, so they're in the same vicinity, right? They school in the other school so they get to meet the people they get to learn the other cultures they get to stay together and there is no discrimination because it would be if you take one given school it could always be 50 50 or if you take all the regions it would be based on the numbers there it would be the same would have the same representation as opposed to one grade or one uh, school having a majority and same applies for gender where you integrate the genders as well, schools with gender as well same way so the, school, the key here is to make sure that they go to different schools in different ways. So they meet the people, they stay inclusive and they also, there's no any uh, overwhelming majority of one type of race in one school. So, so that is the integrated well, approach. Of, uh, approach. I mean, I don't, I hope you don't mind me saying this, but you know, to every yes, approach yes. we have hurdles, right? And to this yes. approach, I think a biggest hurdle would be the practicality issue. Things like, you know, transport and things like, you know, obviously you're going to have opposition coming in from parents and all. So how do you think we'd be able to combat something like transport in such a scenario? Like if we want transport, uh, I kids to go from one school to another and if you look at places like Hambantota, where, you know, it's primarily single this, how are you going to achieve 50%, 50% uh, down south or east? Sure, so I will first address the, I'll first address the first issue, which is logistics. See, when you see Sri Lanka Colombo schools, they are scattered around the same place, right? You know, Royal Thurston, Vishaka Ministers, Nalanda, Ananda, Sahira, all of them in the same place. So, yeah. just a you know, one kilometer maximum distance. So, in Colombo, I don't think the issue is a yeah, not big Columbus, issue. But... And outside, uh, what you said is, I think I disagree on. I uh, agree to disagree on the fact that Hambantha, because so my parents, they are from Hambantha, my father. And his friends are, he has friends from Muslim, he has Hindu friends. So, it was... I think there are people have less number of goals, less targets, I wouldn't say, I mean, less stressful. So they are living peacefully more or less and the racism and the issues, are the few perpetrators are actually coming from the Kalambu because no, I, we are I the people who are... talk about racism stemming from Hambantota, but the ability to achieve a 50-50 because of, you know, population spread. Um, they are, I think, much I mean, already compared inclusive. to it, Machan, like 70% of our communi- uh, community is definitely Singhala Buddhist. So, there is no yes. way you can achieve 50% even if you wanted to. In uh, Not 50, but you could. They could uh, but a good integration is nation. possible. Yeah, I agree. 
I think Kalambu, Kalambu, we should focus on that because I mean, you know, the Pareto rule, right? 20% causes the 80% of the issues. So if you could integrate the 20% of schools in Kalambu, the rest would take care of themselves. Hmm. Yeah. And in terms of uh, the parents, of course, that should be done in an ongoing process. You can't do it overnight. You should be doing like pilot schools and see it progress, then communicate it one by one. So that way, parents also will see how their children are more inclusive, less stressful about other religions, how they are more accommodating, how they are, you know, outgoing. So that way, parents also would start to see that when you do it in an ongoing process. So seeing as though now how our schools work right now is, suppose we take Zahira, it's just there, that school, the funds come into the school, they take care of whatever happens. If we have to have a, a system where, you know, we move around a lot, that means a lot of working with each other is important uh, between administrations yes. per se. And along with that, if it's a lot of yes. moving around, there's definitely going to be uh, an incurred cost. So uh, how do you think our economy would be able to facilitate such a uh, method or such a strategy? Along with that, do you really think our administrative capabilities, seeing as the Sri Lankan administrative capabilities have seemed to fail over and over again at many instances, do you think we will be able to take over such a, a very difficult task? It won't be that difficult if you look at it in a more pragmatic way because it sounds very bizarre when you think about that. Mm. If you make clusters, for an example, say uh, Thurston, Musiers and Zahira, those two schools and those two are in Royal because they are already, already inclusive. Those schools and Vishaka, just to add another girl school, if they, those five schools are working together, I mean, it would be the same teachers who would be teaching. It's just that uh, the students who are going would be different. So that would be, that would be a huge administration issue. But in the long run, to give equal opportunities and equal funds to everyone, maybe the government could look into making a centralized fund administration like it does in uh, education, I think, if I'm not mistaken, in the United States, so that the funds would be equal distributed to all schools, but the teachers and students, only the students would need. So there won't be any administration issue per se. And definitely thanks to, you know, uh, 21st century technology that makes that step a lot easier. That allows for exactly, exactly so and the locations could be automated. Like it's much more easier. Yes, the locations could be automated. The timetables could be automated. It's just a matter of uh, handling funds in a way. Also, that also comes in the towards the latter part of the integration process. Yeah, that that sounds very good. So that is integration. That is the future. What about the present? Now, a lot of people do Sorry? have. The thing is now, we know that in the future, by having greater integration, we can combat the issue of, you know, this issue stemming over and over and over again, rather than it being, you know, something that keeps coming over and over again. But a lot of our community right now, students migrate. I'm I'm doing my A-levels. A lot of students migrate. They have their minds fixed. So, temp right now, because, you know, we have to take care of this this generation as well. Because, you know, in the next 10 years, they would be the parliamentarians, uh, future politicians, how do you think we could help mm-hmm. them understand uh, the viewpoint of one another, especially through social media? Because, you know, we talked about schools, but our students, you know, you see them, they are on Instagram or Facebook a lot of the times. So through an innovative method like that, how do you think we'll be able to, you know, grab onto them? Sure. So for the people who are abroad and people who are not, it's already schooling, right? Or towards the latter part of the schooling. Yeah. So I think my answer would be threefold. So first would be... Uh, I mean, even though we are not in the school, we have our sisters, cousins who are in the school already, right? So when, when we are staying with them, because most of our time we'll stay in the family, like uh, Singapore did, they first tell the other smaller kids, so they would take that learnings to the home. So that won't be a big issue. Exactly. And uh, second would be that uh, 
so with the government's plan to make universal education after school when they go to university people in sri lanka also there wouldn't be a big issue if we actually try to integrate in a, in a way that we actually want to integrate rather than trying to show we integrate so that also won't be an issue and people who fly abroad much i don't think i think they are the least racist people i see because they are with people from different countries different religions different viewpoints and of course they are also a minority they are so they don't try to go and boss around so they are also used to being uh, so they feel like what is like to be discriminated so they are when they come back they are i think I, they are the least racist people i said for their exceptions but as a majority they are very uh, accommodating and uh, less racist yeah yeah i could oh, say racist so now we talked about how we can do it in terms of grassroots levels we talked about how we can do it in terms of social media but i think schools and the process of education is an ex- uh, you know it's not extended only to the 25 or 20 and below you can is always room to grow there's always room to educate you know even a 70 year old can new- learn new things so and and in fact i somehow sadly uh, uh mean a uh, politician now in the parliamentarian age is significantly higher than other countries you know it's, it's, okay. that's the sort of problem that you see in southeast asian countries so if we are to target the, those people the people who right now actually have power through education seeing as the education is a very important tool how do you think we could target them for them much i think uh, especially the parliamentarians so i was i will take this example where i heard this one of the prominent parliamentarians when they come to the national media one of the tv channels they talk about how good their faction is their faction you know and how what they have done and on and when they came to this prominent uh, youth based radio channel i heard that they are talking about how they could come into politics how they are helping youth and how youth should be more inclusive so the parliamentarians most of them already know that it's bad to discriminate and they should be more inclusive and it's hurting the country just that they know and they trying to be ignorant about it so yeah. i don't think you have to educate them per se when they no, kids are no i'm not saying parliamentarians per se i'm kids. saying you know telling how the older generation uh, we have a lot of people above the age of 35 30 who are in power forget about parliamentarians parliamentarians are 245 folks from a wrong 245 i'm not sure the exact number 25 but <laughs> uh, i'm saying you know most of our ceos people in power uh, people who actually give us advice uh, family bearers A lot of them are the older folks, you know, and uh, and and yes. in our Southeast Asian culture, we listen to them. No matter what happens, yes. we are not, you know, as independent as we would like to say. We still listen to what <laughs> they say most of the time. Yes, <laughs> yes. How do we tell them? I mean, for so, instance, how would you explain this to your? I assume that your parents are very well, you know, uh, appreciative of multicultures and uh, you know very integrated society. I'm talking about our regular folks. Okay. So for regular folks I'll break into two parts so first part was the parliamentary and the people in power people educated people they already know that they're just they, they don't have the opportunity that. to they can't execute it because if they try to be more inclusive they would be discriminated by their own race then and along so with they that, just they try to be ignoring their opportunities that they have that you know the old exactly people in power to say. they don't want that to slip away they they would lose their opportunity if they try to be inclusive so if you try to build it in build it in the class, grassroots level they would we would give them the environment for them to be inclusive and for the people who are less educated and i mean there would always be people who are like that right people who just don't get it and people i mean no mask people in us i mean whatever you do whatever try try to educate people they won't get the they won't get the goal yeah, so in those people that, i think uh, people craft, uh, in the middle people you have those who exactly. have medium education so those are the people we are targeting 
those people i think we need to uh, once again show the resource of mm. how this goes so there are different ways that you could communicate the one would be the resource the thing that most of them would get and also i think if we can build the culture where our religious leaders because those people are very uh, they got the blind faith into their religion they don't even know what they're fighting for they're just fighting for that exactly, so exactly. Leaders, I, I see that i see that a lot from uh, if, I see uh, that and in, they listen in all communities they have that problem don't you think so exactly and even in the politics i mean that's an entirely different topic so if the religious leaders could say that you know the countries be more inclusive try to be more inclusive try to be less discriminated i think they would listen to them because more except for the people who are perpetrators who are purposefully doing that which is a really large majority most of the people who are who had that blind faith can be uh, can be turned or can be more inclusive the leaders tell them how to behave yeah, so you, you can influence them positively unlike how it's usually done Yes, exactly. Positively influenced because they want to understand themselves and do that. There's always cases like there's always people like that. Yeah, that's that's actually a very good uh, approach. So I think Tohan, we have actually addressed every single possible scenario. You know, talking from young kids, those who are at higher stages of education, those who have just passed out, those who are broad, those who are older. I think it was a very productive conversation we had. I think it, it would be very great to have another conversation like this with you. and uh, yeah so i'd like the viewers before we uh, end this live so i'd like the viewers to know that you know we will be having this sort of setup i hope to have this sort of setup every week and so i will announce and speak along with the topic uh, prior so if you have your questions that you would like to you know put you can always send message or if you would like to appear on a next week episode or uh, something like that just you can always contact me and uh, i'd like to thank tuhan once again for spending a lot of time a very busy per- uh, person uh on on such a you know thing uh i hope it all goes well for tohan i hope we can implement such uh you know things in the future as well and yeah thanks a lot tohan once again sure thing very thanks for having me and giving me this opportunity to uh, communicate it to a lot of people because we are coming from at the moment to different uh, places i mean we don't feel it ourselves but we are representing to people and for us being able to communicate this message to both races i think that is a great opportunity that we got and uh, really thankful for having me and i really hope that uh, people would get a message out of this and try to be more inclusive so we as a country could prosper and uh, focus on the issues that we really should be focusing on thank you tuhan right guys uh, have a nice day you too buddy and uh, have a great day everyone see you all see you all soon